I'm Kyle. Okay, here's where y'all are so wrong because y'all are idiots. And I'm Drew with a U. As the boss of this podcast, I'm going to say... And I'm Handsome Drew. Yeah, it's fine. It was all wrong. It doesn't have to be true. I just have to say it with confidence. I learned that from presidents. Anyway. And this is not... And this is not... And this is not... This is not the podcast you deserve. Welcome to Not the Podcast You Deserve. I'm Handsome Drew. I think that's one of the first times I've said that my moniker out loud by myself. I don't like it. Uh, on the podcast, maybe. Definitely not in, just in general. It's very, when you were 30 years on the It's planet. very pretentious. Uh, but you know what? We're <laughs> here now. And you know what? Sometimes you just got to rock what God's giving you. So, hi, I'm Handsome <laughs> Drew. Joined tonight by my co-host, Drew with a U and Just Kyle. And we are talking about oh. Star Wars and or... And it's on Disney Plus. It's a episodic series in the Star Wars universe that just keeps pumping out content, and I can't get enough. Uh, every time they make a bad movie, I'm like, "Well, I'm probably be done now." And then they're like, "But wait, here's a pretty good something else." And I'm like, "All right, you suck me back in." <laughs> so that's a, that's dead on. Yeah. In in my mind, this show has been good enough to overcome. Ryan Johnson's little mission to the casino planet where nothing happened. (laughs) So this is, this is (laughs) Dave Filoni just balancing the scales for me and getting me back into, you know, getting Star Wars back into my good graces. So I I appreciate that. Uh, I've really enjoyed, we're talking the first six episodes here. Uh, There's going to be 12, I believe. There are eight total out as of today of this recording. Uh, but we're only talking the first six because we don't want to keep you here for 19 hours. So don't worry. We're going to be a little quicker than that. Uh, Kyle, Drew, just general feelings as you've seen the first six. Do you like the show? Do you not like the show? You know, what's sticking out to you? What's caught your eye so far? This has been a tough show to watch. Uh, mainly because they're not Jedi's, and I want there to be Jedi's in my Star Wars movies. Not that there has to be, <laughs> not that there has to be, but it, it's hard to sell me on like, oh, this is just a, a TV show about the people. The the you know, uh, it, it is actually really good. It is a really great spy thriller, um, which I, I know that's how they sold it, but I didn't believe them on it, and I just wasn't bought in. And I started the first episode like three different times, and then wasn't paying attention, and so I stopped watching it. But for the podcast, I stuck through it and have really loved the slow burn. They go a little bit darker than I'm used to in the Star Wars universe. The main characters do some things that are kind of morally gray, which I'm sure we'll get into. So I've actually come to really enjoy this. It's getting closer to a Mandalorian type of story than a uh, Episode Eight movie. So I'm 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 bought in. I'm bought in. When I started watching this show. I thought it has one of the coolest intros for a good guy. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm intrigued. And then, like, nothing happened for four episodes that intrigued me, except for Adria Arjona. I want to say is how you say her last name. She intrigues me. So I've watched the rest of the episodes just hoping for her to come back. Yeah. And of, of Morbius. To, to not. God, was she in Morbius? Yeah, she's the, she's the main girl in Morbius. I've never, I haven't seen Morbius. But, but she's also in that, Good Omens, so, you know. Again, she's in, that's what I know her from. Yes. Uh, I'm a big fan of hers. So I keep just waiting for her to come back 
to no avail <laughs> thus far. Um, but that is what kept me coming back. Uh, and then I found myself enjoying it uh, about episode five. I was like, you know what? I'm kind of in. Um, so there was a gap there somewhere between one and five. So I'd like to hear Crawford. I want to hear you defend the first four episodes at some point. Um, even though I know you love Scars Guards, I just also do think that some things aren't necessarily meant to be seen. It's important um, to me to note that I don't love Scars Guards. There just always are Scars Guards. Sure. Yeah. But I also just like there. I do like them. But they are everywhere. Sure. No no argument from this side of the table. Uh, so yeah, I've I enjoyed it. Um I was starting to think this was going shades of Boba Fett with all yeah, of the uh yeah. with all of the flashbacks that I was just not here for. Um so yeah. I I'm interested to see how it finishes up, but episodes five and six I thought were really cool. They are ten times better than any Star Wars movie that's come out. Uh, since episode three. No, since Rogue One. My fault. They're ten times better than any Star Wars movies come out since Rogue One. So, that puts you in pretty good realm for Star Wars lore. Yeah, no, I agree. So, uh, if you're listening this far and you still don't know what the movies or the show is about, I'm surprised you're still here. But I'll give you a brief recap anyway. This is following the story of Cassa, who was in Rogue One, as Kyle just mentioned earlier. And he is one of the rebels that goes and steals the plans for the Death Star and helps, you know, get that whole plot going, which is that is a prequel to episode four. So this is a prequel to that prequel, but it's a postquel to episode three. I don't know how we describe these types of time periods anymore. <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's, it's it's a cool. It's right in the middle. It's not a, it's not a prequel pre or, or, a sequel. <laughs> or a sequel. It's just a cool. Um, so, yeah, there you go. But it's following his story as he is a, uh, you know, traitor, rogue, smuggler of some kind. Kind of just a ne'er-do-well in, of all sorts, but lovable, you know? And he is out to find his sister that he, uh, he's been separated from, from a planet that's, I don't know, like some kind of Lord of the Flies planet with a bunch of little kids running around <laughs> hitting each other with, uh, with darts and stuff. But um, he gets up into some mischief, and now we get a true Star Wars story about how he's got to get out, and he gets involved with the Rebels, but is he there? Is he the Han Solo, who's there just for the right? money? Yeah. Or is he the Luke Skywalker, who truly believes in the cause? Who knows? We'll find out where his heart truly lies. But um, he is a very captivating character. Uh, Diego Luna Casa is and that's why I really like this show and that's what holds me in the first several is the characters um, also I really like seeing the different planets I, I'm a sucker for Star Wars just being like and here's a new thing we've never told you about before <laughs> wow uh, I, I, I just I did see a meme the other day of like I think Qui-Gon getting stabbed and him being like, Obi-Wan, force heal me. And him going back, uh, oh, no, sorry, Disney hasn't invented that yet. So I, <laughs> I love the new Star Wars stuff we get. Uh, I, I get scared, though. I'm scared they're going to, like, unwrite previous Star Wars lore. I don't know. I don't, do y'all feel that way at all in the Star Wars? Do you care? Do you care if... I mostly just hope that they do unwrite episode 7 and 9. <laughs> yeah. And nothing's done that yet. It's so. an yeah. extended dream sequence. Yeah, I would, the whole I would love that. I uh, would love that. No, I, I'm with you, Drew. I feel like they have more of a tendency to do that if 
forces involved because you just get to make up new powers of like what the force yeah. can do. Whereas b- because there are no force wielders in this show as of yet, um, it is pretty easy to live in the world of smugglers, hyperspeed blasters, you know, comm yeah. links, things that are pretty cool technology, but you feel pretty secure then that they're not going to change on you. And I, I mean, shoot, this one of these cities just communicates with bells only. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the, that guy the takes his security job force so comes. seriously. Oh, that dude <laughs> is loving his life. He, he is just like, up. I get up in the morning, I play the bells. Everybody in the afternoon, they just keep working till I play the bells. I release Every- the people. <laughs> like, he loves his job. Everyone else in that town hates him, too. You just know, they're like, would you stop banging the dadgum bell? I feel like I spent too much time on the bell guy. I'm sorry. Continue, Crawford. Uh, no, that was a big point for me. I had several notes about the bell guy. So, um. so the, the series opens with this guy, who we only know from Rogue One. And he didn't have like a huge part in Rogue One. Like His part was big. Like He was the biggest character outside of the main character and the robot. But still, like, he didn't have to carry a whole lot, right? Yeah, he's the Han Solo character. Sure, yeah, he's the scruffy nerf herder in the background, not necessarily the guy that's got to carry it. So I was kind of like, I don't know how they're going to make me think this guy, you know, is like a lead, like, you know, worthy of carrying the show. And they introduced him by him shooting a dude in the head with a blaster. (laughs) And I was like, all right, you have my attention. (laughs) Attention, let's go. Yeah, I'm ready for the rest of the series. Um, I thought that was really cool and also very dark for a Disney Plus show. Right, and, right. Uh, and he has to sorry, he has to kill the other guy, right? The, or, or is that the one you're talking about? He accidentally kills the first guy, and then the second guy he shoots in the head. Oh, oh. The guy's being like, we can come up with a story. <laughs> were, you know, we fought each other in the alley, and I ran away. And he's like, nah, I could just shoot you in the head. Yeah. And then he does that. Um, so that was a really interesting way of being like, this is not your daddy's Star Wars. Uh, and, and I appreciated that about the, uh, the way, the tone that they set off. So you're not super like shocked by all the other uh, body count that happens in the yeah. rest of the six episodes. Uh, I also love that he has a robot with like a, a stutter and and like a battery disability. Yeah. It's pretty hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, I love that everybody in this show has weird Star Wars names except for Tim, the <laughs> douchebag boyfriend who rats him out. His oh, name, that guy. His yeah. name is just Tim. I think there's two M's, though, yeah. if you look at the... There are two subtitle. M's, but you, you don't hear that. They're not writing it out for you. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. F and Tim. When, she, when it, Bix goes and hugs him, you're just like, ugh, dude, why? How, how in the world? Bix, what are you doing? You're way better than mm. him. Cass is Big so time. much cooler. He hasn't done much, but he's automatically way cooler. No, I'm with you, and I'm pretty sure Bix could... Could be with anybody she wanted on Ferrix, but you know, it's not. <laughs> we're not playing Ferrix Bachelor here. We're we're talking about Andor. So, uh, I do like that shows one through three to me seem to be like a Tatooine type story of yeah. the junkyard hero who's just trying to make it. He's just trying to figure it out. You know, he's got one thing that's motivating him. Luke was to go join the the pilots. Casa uh, is to go find his sister. And he's willing to do whatever he has to do, team up with whoever he has to team up with to, to achieve that goal. He's just trying to make it off this junk planet. And then all of a sudden gets wrapped up into a bigger story than he ever meant to. So I think that that 
was an interesting way to start the show and kind of be reminiscent of those episode four heartstrings. Um, mm-hmm. At least they played mine like a, <laughs> like a well-tuned guitar. So good, good for them. Um, I also really like the bad guy they bring up in the first several episodes, uh, Cyril Kern, uh, who is the security guard guy who takes his job way too seriously. Yeah. yeah, that was like the uh, that was like the beginning of every like late eighties, early nineties cop movie. Yeah, it was like, hey, Captain, something doesn't doesn't seem right about this this write up I just got. He's like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, brush it under the table. He's like, no, I'm gonna look into it. And then like halfway through the movie, he's turning his badge and his gun. Like that's <laughs> like that's the beginning of that movie. And I was like, but I think you're the bad guy, yeah. so I don't know what we're doing here. But I also liked it because it's a fun way of showing like there are still people in this universe that take their jobs very seriously you know are can be quote unquote the bad guy but a small time bad guy because there's a giant empire back behind them but they are not the focus of this show just yet they they really they don't drop you in the middle of an imperial struggle they drop you in the middle of a one guy struggling in his hometown dealing with the local authorities and then they build you out from there so i really like that type of storytelling because sometimes they'll drop you in star wars has been known to be like and by the way i know we haven't talked in 30 years but here is a, a star killer base that blows up nine planets and you're like what can i get can we ease into this and they're like no by the way carrie fisher's alive you're like what? No, she's not. uh <laughs> That was incredible. I don't even know where to jump in. I I I liked the the cop character because it, we get to see a type of person in the empire that's not just bad General Moff Tarkin or bad yeah. Darth Vader or Emperor Palpatine. Like he he thinks he's the good guy. Like yeah. it's somebody who legitimately believes that he's the good guy, and he's like, this guy killed two of our cops. We, I'm not doing my job if I don't arrest this guy. And then he, like, you know, doesn't succeed because... No, Gassa, I'm with you. He's he's not evil incarnate, right? He's right. just the young, idealist, rule-following, thinks That's, he knows everything, like, fresh out of the cadet, but has never actually seen any yeah. real experience yeah I, and he's I such an that's... easy bad guy to hate he's such a hateable <laughs> antagonist yeah he's so bland but you're, you're right idealistic is the is the perfect word for it he has uh, he has serious morals and ideals that he's trying to follow and he believes the empire will follow through on those which i think is really interesting because before this star wars has been good guys with blue lightsabers and bad guys with red lightsabers and yeah. now it's casa who killed a dude who was defenseless and didn't have a gun and then the bad guy is somebody who just wants to arrest that guy for killing the guy without a gun but yeah they're working for he's working for the wrong team and hopefully he kind of realizes that and he may have a turnaround in this arc because now he's he's fired and he's not a part of the empire maybe he joins the rebel alliance that's getting started yeah i'm jumping forward a little bit but when in episode five you know he's lost his job and he's at his mom's apartment and she serves him cereal with blue milk which is hilarious and then, <laughs> i think i paused and screamed blue milk uh, and then his 
his interaction with his mom is the most relatable thing that <laughs> I have ever seen in a galaxy far, far away. It's like, and I'm sorry, mom, if you're listening to this, no matter like where you go in the world, young men who will like always just be pestered by their mom and they're like, oh, mom. <laughs> and it's like this person that just loves you and cares for you and just wants to take care of you and wants right. to like, you know, have you do your best, and you're just like, stop smothering me. Uh, and it's like, that's the most relatable thing that's ever happened in right. this giant galaxy. So true. So true. One other little thing, I, I really like that this show is, and, and I'm not the I'm not the biggest Star Wars nerd out there. They're definitely bigger than me uh, by by no stretch of the imagination. But I like that they are um, paying attention to some details, like. They let all the alien languages just be themselves, and then they mm-hmm. let the English speakers fill in the context for you yeah. instead of just putting subtitles up with everything. Yeah. And I always thought that's been a nice touch that Star Wars does. And it, I like that the show does things like that, where they look at the character or they look at the audience and say, We trust you to figure this out, right? We don't have to hold your hand the whole way. So, uh, I, I like that, and I like that the the episodes start to expand the galaxy. Um, they, in episode, I think it's four. I can't remember exactly. I think it's episode four. They start to show you like the inner workings of the empire. And yeah, they have some more exposition, exposition of the empire's goals of galaxy domination in general. Yeah. And you get to see like their bureau- bureaucratic meetings and, you know, how they decide who's doing what reports and, you know, you get their hands. Stay out of my sector. I'm. You're, it's my sector. You can't operate in my sector. Yeah, I'm in absolutely. charge of six sectors. You're in charge of two sectors. Stay in your lane. Yeah, you've only been here six months. Who are you? This is my intern. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think everything you just said is kind of why I didn't like the first four episodes of the show. Because there's a lot of exposition. It's all exposition, which is fine. I just don't know if it's needed to get the point across to where you need to get to. Although I don't know how this ends yet, so maybe you do need it all. Um, I just think there could have been a more entertaining way to get us to the Empire, which we've known about for 60 years is here. Great. <laughs> and we've got a guy who's going to steal some stuff. Great. And he's got a really hot girl back home that's dating the guy who, who screwed him over. Tim. Uh, not great, but like, okay. we <laughs> Tim. Tim with two M's. Yes. Um, yeah. So I, that's that was my thing. But... The intro to the Skarsgård character was cool, and yeah. knowing that Adria Arjona is back home makes me hope that he's you know going to find a way to, to go save her when she needs saving in the third act of this series. And also, that leads into the big action scene of the first four episodes, when the Skarsgård comes and talks about the MacGuffin that he's trying to sell for money, and then mm-hmm. the reveal is that he's not after the box that does the light speed calculations sure. or whatever they said uh, but he's there for andor which is super cool and that leads to the cops blowing up what was an engine factory i didn't really get that set piece but it led to a pretty thrilling chase scene throughout the town yeah what were those things falling from the ceiling what was that that was wild it's gotta be I, I don't know yeah, like pod racer engines. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it looked like at at some point. And there are so a, many. It's a of them. scrap planet. So I also really liked uh, 
what followed immediately after that warehouse scene where they have to fight all the cops and you see the citizens there and they're they're helping them out also playing their own bells now and uh <laughs> then his buddy goes and ties a chain to the uh one ship that flies into the thing i was like oh yes that was pretty cool that was fight the was power awesome. let's go uh, it was very believable <laughs> how defenseless casa and uh lutheran the Skarsgård and and the main and andor were to the eight mm-hmm. Cops, and then also how defenseless the eight cops were once the town started to, you know, fight them together. I thought that was really yes. some really cool dynamics. There was a really cool shot when uh, Skarsgård and Diego Luna are looking at each other like, "Did we lose them? There, there couldn't have been that few of them." And then you see the guy in the background aim his blaster and shoot, and you see the laser go like right between their heads. Yeah. I thought that was a really cool shot for a franchise that's known for. Really underplaying the level of a blaster and what it can do. <laughs> I thought the, the that episode showed like some really cool blaster fighting, which is even in Obi Wan with some super lame uh, laser blaster gun fights. Uh, but I think episode four ends with them standing in the cockpit or Diego Luna standing in the cockpit and looking out um, behind Skarsgård's shoulder of like the them leaving the solar system, the planet, right? Uh, uh yes. And then that is intercut with shots of his backstory of him being kidnapped from a planet by an old woman. Did we talk about that? (laughs) We did not yet. His backstory is that he was kidnapped after his mom died. And everybody, and he he like lives with that person who kidnapped him. There's a there's a way you could tell this story that it's a horror story <laughs> and not a fun rebel story. Some people this would kid, consider that being saved from impending death. That's his family was it. outside the ship that he had gone into. They make a comment that two the old lady and her friend are are fighting, and the one line of dialogue is his family's out there waiting for him, and she's like, "Yeah, and the Empire are gonna kill them for killing the Imperial dude." So. Let's save him. But doesn't really justify kidnapping, like sure. you said, and taking him off planet. We didn't really clear this yeah, yeah. before we said, hey, I'm going to knock you out and now pick you up and take you to a different solar system. I just wanted to point that out. That seemed a little like, huh, we really took a couple of leaps in logic to get here. Uh, but that was a cool shot, them showing him looking out when he was a kid, uh, leaving his planet, and then him as an adult, you know, running away with... Skarsgård, which is a really stark contrast because the first four, I think, are all 20 to 25 minutes long. And it's slow burn, exposition, get to know these characters. And then episode five is like 55 minutes and episode six is like 58 minutes. And it's almost like a full-blown movie. Yeah. Time out. Is episode three? It's episode three is when they go off to space. Four, they go to the planet and get... uh, Yep, and he meets the the rebel. He meets the village. That's right. Yeah. Okay. And that one's like 46 minutes, if we want to keep this in. So the first three are are getting them off the planet, and then the next three are kind of the setup for the Empire Lieutenant stuff, which is is going to factor in the rebel village of people who have been there forever and and Andor can't show up this late in the game. And then also (laughs) Mon Mothma and, and Skarsgård back at home, kind of starting the rebellion essentially like the rebellion's not even a thing like sure. a unified thing at this point it's a twinkle in the eye at this point yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. of mon Mothma, who's pretty cool to see her kind of 
dealing, wheeling and dealing everything. Yeah. So that's a name I should know, right? Yes. She's the, like, in the original movie, when the lady says, many spies died. Many them spies died to bring you this information. That's her. That's Mon Mothma. So she's a big wig in the Rebel Alliance from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Okay, okay. So I didn't put those together. That's on me. Yeah, well, there's a ton of different names. And Moff is a term that's like general or lieutenant, so that kind of confuses a bunch of things. But, uh, yeah, so we get to see her. I say lieutenant really bothers me. (laughs) I really took me out a bunch, too. And then the the old maester from Game of Thrones, the imperial scoundrel guy. Yeah, Anton Lesser. Yeah, so in episode four, he meets the the new gang, and uh, and then five, they're really getting to know each other, uh, you know. And, and as I talked about with one and three kind of being that um, Tatooine experience, four, five, and six feel a lot more like five and six of the episodes of Star Wars, right? He's getting to know a tight-knit group of people, and you're starting to fall in love with those characters and get their inner dynamics going a little bit more. And then in six, they go and attack like a remote jungle moon that has an Imperial (laughs) air base. And they have to steal a a very important thing from there in order to get the rebels to have a chance. So a lot of them die. (laughs) And then they get there and figure out that the radios are fully operational and they are able to call for backup. So, um. <laughs> uh, did did it not feel like like the writers of this movie just were like okay so we we've, we've got to create some form of tension in this in this group in this band of rebels because they're about to go on their 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 big mission you know what could we what could we do what could we have them say oh didn't we do the same thing in solo yeah let's just go copy the entire dialogue <laughs> line from solo and let's paste it right here into episode four and then yeah now we're great now we've got their back it's awesome uh, so there's like, I this is the exact this late in the game. How could we do this? We don't know him. Like, can we trust him? I was like, y'all did this on Solo like four years ago, which you know whatever. But still, can we try? Yeah. Uh, which is another Star Wars heist movie, and this is what these two episodes mm-hmm. are. It's a Star Wars heist show. Um, but in in the group, you've got Vel, who's the leader. Uh, that's who Skarsgård drops him off to. Um, you don't get a whole lot more backstory on her just immediately. They do in your face be like, now you tell him your story. Now you tell him your yeah. story. <laughs> yeah. Now you yeah. tell him your story and I'm going to be over here. And then you get, um, <laughs> Nimic or Nemic, uh, who is kind of the young idealist, you know, writes everything down. He's like full go for the cause he is all about oh, the yeah. ideals and it, like you're hearing him talking it's like dude there's no way you live through this <laughs> first of all you've got two things going against you one you're young so that means you're going to be the one who dies and is going to thaw this this old dude's heart out secondly you're writing all your ideas down which means we don't need you to keep telling us anymore <laughs> he's going to refer back to your book nostalgically because of his now thought heart and you're going to break him and turn him into a, a rebel for the cause. So you being alive is really just getting in the way of his development. So I'm going to need yeah. you to go ahead and die now. Then there's Skeen, who's the like, I'm kind of the tough one of this group of rebels. All right. 
I'm a rebel inside the rebel group. I'm a bad boy who doesn't play by the rules. And you're like, none of you are. All right, whatever. Uh, I'm not going to tell you my backstory because it's really dark and I lost my wife. And proceeds to tell his entire backstory. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, all right, she wants me to tell you my story now, so here it is. And you're like, that seemed really forced. <laughs> um, then you've got uh, Terraman, who you find out used to be a stormtrooper. That's a fun twist. Yeah. Sure. Um, that was that was pretty interesting. A guy that was like, I'm haunted by being a stormtrooper, so now I want to go and, and join the rebel cause and uh, undo some of the pain I've done. Also, I'm black, and that's a story Star Wars did before. And I was just about to say, we did that <laughs> in The Force Awakens. Like, I really, I do, this, this show is very visually stunning. I really like Diego Luna. Have I mentioned Adria Arjona yet? Because I think she's very talented. Um, but but it does kind of feel like we just kind of copied and pasted some ideas we've already done before. And then we're like, and you'll like it because it's Star Wars. Uh-huh. But episodes five and six did bring me back a little bit. Uh, and then you have Cinta, whose family was murdered by the Empire. And she seems to be the, the strong, silent type that's like, I don't want to talk to you, but I will kill you. Um, <laughs> she's also the love interest for Vel as well. Um, so yeah, this group goes and they're going to infiltrate and steal basically the entire payroll for the Empire sector. I forget how like much it is, but it's it's so much that they are stealing millions of credits and they barely put a dent in that vault. And yeah. that was pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, they, they're stealing it from this airbase. They also have uh, Lieutenant Gorn, who is a actual lieutenant in the Empire, and it's just like, I don't like these guys. I don't like the way they're treating <laughs> the locals, and I'm going to help you steal from them, and then I'm going to go help the rebels. So uh, they're stealing from the Empire to really put a dent in their ability to function, right? If you take away the money, it's really hard to run an Empire. Secondly, this is going to be like a, a seed for the rebellion as they form and try to go buy some favor and, and you know, jumpstart. So this is a very important mission, and they're going to use a natural phenomena called the eye, where all these, like, this was, I think, one of the most visually stunning things I've seen on yeah. TV or cinema in a long yeah. time. Uh, and maybe I'm just a sucker for good CGI, but I thought it was really, really cool. Um, yeah. But basically all the like little frozen glass or something gets close enough to the atmosphere that they heat up and everybody thinks it's like this crazy thing, but it happens every couple of years and all the uh, locals come up to see it happen and they use this cover to infiltrate and steal all the money. And then things don't go according to plan. Uh, so out of the group, was there one that you guys personally attached to that you're like oh i think this character is great i think this actor is great uh which one kind of stole the show for you i think the character's name is bix played by uh, oh my <laughs> really big no, we've moved on I, I i haven't watched the episode six yet so i don't know you know everything that happens but i really like nimic i thought he's super cool i can't wait to see what they do with that character um kind of how he you know starts the rebel alliance i'm sure yeah. he becomes like a big big wig or like a flight pilot something yep x-wing yep type of thing yeah, he he becomes an, an order really a spokesperson for the the rebel oh, no. alliance yeah uh, I, i'm gonna i choose him as my banner and a, and i'm a, a fan, bannerman evangelist yeah yeah good good i'm a banner holder for nimic 
can't wait to <laughs> see him get his dragon. Get yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so one thing that they do as they infiltrate this Imperial compound to, to start the heist, I like that there's a good mix of, hey, we have some technology, we have some Star Wars like gadgets, and then part of it's just good old-fashioned I hope this goes well because we're just going to walk right in. <laughs> and, you know, they they have some battlefield radios that they use that they can lock on. They've got some the radio jammers. At one point, they use, like, the underwater Navy SEAL-type style personal jet propeller as uh, they yeah. go and, like, get their wetsuits off and their skill on the wall. <laughs> um, Vel also has one of the more relatable experiences where she is about to repel and get scared of heights. And you're like, all right. Yeah. It's good to know that not everybody just lives in Cloud City. And it's like, whatever. I'm, <laughs> I'm millions of feet above the earth and I don't feel anything. And it's like, well, that's a problem. You should see somebody about that. Um, but <laughs> Make, Makes those characters feel real. And the technology feels real. I love how the, it's like 80s technology that's similar to what was used in the episode four at new hope and the original trilogy. It really feels like they yeah. did a great job of recreating that like eighties technology in a future sci-fi, you know, repurposed. Um, I think it's really interesting. No, I'm, I'm with you. Um, but I think five and six overall do a really good job of making you feel the tension of the time. Everything has to go very according to plan, like every good heist. Everything has yeah, a very specific yeah. time frame you have to hit it in. And they do a great job of building that uh, and making you feel it. And also making you know that everybody there knows they're not all making it out. And they're, they've come to terms with it. And they all talk yeah. about, like, I'll see you on the ship. And, you know, we'll, we'll all make it out together. And they're all like, mm, there's no way. Uh, mm. So you start, you start losing your people along the way and it starts to break down. And... Uh, one of the radio operators g- comes down to check because he's like something's not right and it brings a, a garrison down and the lieutenant looks around at the situation and there's like the main leader is there sweating his balls off like loading all of this money into a ship there's just people just like s- clearly stealing money and the one lieutenant's like you're not supposed to be down here you get out of here. This is a routine check. Like this is a this is a need to know basis. Like he's still trying to pull it off. Like mm, maybe maybe this imperial schmuck is so stupid he'll just leave. Um, which kudos to that guy. So when he takes it in the face, you're like, all right, well, I saw that one coming. <laughs> That's tough for morale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then nothing bad happens to Nimic, and then uh, they leave. <laughs> Sounds great. Sorry about that one guy who died. Failed his charisma check, it sounded like. Uh-huh, I'm glad time, Nimic, time. Nimic makes it out okay. Um, but but yeah, overall, I think that the heist is really fun. It does raise the stakes for Casa as he has left his small home junkyard planet to now being part of a big-time rebellion heist, and he is full-fledged in it. As much as he was like, hey, I, I want to just do this one job. I want my money so I can go keep doing my own personal vendetta. He's big time in it. And to the point where, uh, if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you've seen all these episodes. This is not a spoiler alert or anything, but the end of episode six, uh, Skeen looks at him. So they go to find a doctor so that, uh, 
totally fine Nimic can get some medical attention and <laughs> makes sense. <laughs> Checks out. Just a, he missed his physical, and they're like, "Oh, we have time." Yeah, we'll he is stop. so young. We probably get that checked it's, out. Yeah. yeah, it's time. And uh, Skeen looks at Casa and says, "You know, we could just take it. Like we could take all the money. We could split it. Uh, you know, you and me. We don't have to tell anybody. There's another ship over there. Like, I think it's like thirty million credits or whatever." He's like, "That's enough for me to forget you." Like. Let's just and he's like, what about the rebellion? What about the cause? Like, what about your brother? He's like, I don't even have a brother. So he's like, let, let's that go. That was a good twist. Yeah, he's like, let's go kill the girl and let's take all the money. And Cassa decides instead. You just hear a blaster and you're like, all right. Well, obviously the name of the show isn't dead. That would be crazy. <laughs> that would be. That would be crazy if, like, in episode seven, they like it was no longer Andor and it just said Skeen. You're like, oh, amazing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so he kills Skeen and then goes and tells Val and is like, basically, I'm out. I'm taking like you can take all the money. I'm taking enough that was my cut, and then I'm taking this one little ship and I'm out of here. And there's no way that's the end of it. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he thinks he's every time he thinks he's out, they pull me back in. And nice. I mean, that's the perfect Pacino. And. It's, <laughs> No notes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there it is. Yeah, that was uh that that was a really good little twist there, which I think you could kind of see coming, but it was still fun. And uh I really uh we didn't talk a whole bunch about the eye. You said it's it was one of the best things you see on TV. And I think that deserves a second pass through because that was so cool looking. And that with the uh Nimiku is totally fine. He's sitting there with a the little box radar thing from episodes five and six or whatever and he's like go up no no go down yeah. go up and he's like he's just like directing him like blindly while he's bleeding out and he's looking at a little box of lights yeah and i thought that was such a really really good scene uh and a really and, and the way those tie fighters or x-wings or whatever blew up behind them was really really cool in super star wars uh but that was I think Crawford, maybe you said when we did our Star Wars pod back in the day, that Rogue One was like the most you felt Star Wars since the original trilogy. Yeah. Maybe I said that. Our brains are so similar at this point. It's hard to tell. But that scene was like the most Star Wars I'd felt since Rogue One, at least, and and maybe the original trilogy. That was just so cool and, and a lot of fun. And I thought Diego Luna, those last two episodes, five and six, Gave a really incredible performance. Uh, and he, he's been a lot of fun. I was kind of worried about him leading the show because I didn't think he was very charismatic in Rogue One. And I think the way he's playing the character in this series is really compelling. And Kyle, I would agree with you. That is one of the most Star Wars feeling moments in that scene. The only thing missing is a robot doing, you know, belabored quips about his flying. <laughs> uh, yeah. I need some kind of droid in the background being like, oh no! And then, then it would be perfect. going, That The episodes five and six I thought were great. I thought that that could have been like a full-length movie almost. It essentially was. There's about an hour and 45 minutes, an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, uh, good point. I thought that was really, really good. I get why they had to set it up. I'm confused by the Skarsgård character. I'm confused about who he is and what he's doing. And I'm confused by the Mon Moth chick, but that might just be my lack of... I think that in order to really appreciate the show the way that you need to, I think you have to be a big Star Wars fan. 
and I would consider myself a Star Wars fan, but I did not, I have not finished Clone Wars. I haven't played any video games. I haven't spent hours on YouTube looking up different lightsaber fighting styles. Forms. Yeah, so, I got you. Yeah. Oh, forms. My fault. Thank you, Drew. <laughs> uh, so I think there's some of this that I'm missing and I haven't watched any of like the breakdown videos uh, to like show me the Easter eggs and stuff I've missed yet, which I'm probably going to do when we wrap up because uh, it sounds like I've missed a lot. And that will only help my viewing experience as we finish out uh, episodes 7 through 12. Star Wars is great about, if you are a fan, rewarding you for being a fan. Um, they're, they're about 500 on if they make a good story or not. But they always give you fan appreciation. And if you're a big nerd, man, they're going to be like, we love you. You're our lifeblood. Here's some more things <laughs> for you to nerd about. And I I appreciate that. I'm the type of Star Wars fan that I wish we had Star Wars C-SPAN where I could watch some Senate meetings. I would love to just watch them talk in the Senate. Oh, no. I think that would be fun. Oh, no. Please, no. <laughs> please, none of that. I'd like to sit in on the Imperial bureaucratic meetings and listen to whose sectors, <laughs> the board meetings from the Empire. <laughs> whose sectors ran most efficiently with their quarterly reports. I don't know. No. I'd like to find out. What's Jar Jar it take to Binks, you have the, the floor. Ah, well, then, then no, I can mute it. So. You're um. <laughs> going to need to back our trade blockade. Oh, All right. God. Anywho. I'm just um, I hope that doesn't nightmares. make the intro. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love this show. I think it does a great job creating the Star Wars feel, like you talked about, Kyle. They, they really. There's something about this small story in this greater universe that really that just speaks to you the sets and the the stages that they've chosen to shoot on are so beautiful i love that the uh the imperial sets are all like everybody looks sickly almost because they're in like such sterile light everybody yeah. <laughs> looks kind of discolored skin and everything and it's all just stark white and sterile and you're like oh and then they immediately flash out to you know the wilderness where these people are camping and uh you know living in the mountains and you know you're hearing the tie fighters overhead and god i just so i'm so excited i love it so much Thank you for making the show Disney Plus, and I'm very excited for the next six episodes. As we close, do you guys have any predictions of how you think the show ends, where where we go from here? I would like to backtrack. I think I've just realized that my math is off. Episodes one through three were all about what I'm going to call the Adria Ajorna uh, <laughs> character arc, oh where it's all on the planet and it's figuring out uh, Cass's backstory. And then, and then episodes four through six are the rebellion uh, character arc, which I will call um, the non-Adria Arjona uh, character section. So I'm really hoping that seven through through ten was gonna we're gonna go back to the the first uh, place to see um, who. But I don't know where <laughs> any Bix, of the characters yeah. really. But Bix would be yeah. Huge. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I but I don't. I don't know where it's going from here. It, episode six left us on a really cool kind of. I could see him flying off and trying to find a sister. I could see him trying to go back to find Bix. I would take that option. Um, sister is dead to me at that point. I'm going to go back for Bix. Um, <laughs> but then that leaves you with, uh, you know, the the last section there, episodes 10, 11, 12. 10, 11, 12. Yeah. 
of how they're going to really wrap it up. So I could see him going back to either one of those first little storylines they give us nuggets of in the first three episodes and then finishing up with how it leads into Rogue One. Although I bet they're leaving space for season two. So yeah, all that to say, I would like to go back to Adria Arjona at some point in time. Oh yeah, picked up on that. Um, I, I do think I saw on IMDb that there is a season two being planned. Um, there's anywho, uh, but I, I I do think they kind of back themselves into a corner because it feels like the show should go away from Andor at this point and go kind of more to the Rebel, kind of Mon Mothma, Scars Luthen, and kind of there. Now that they they're getting, I don't know if they ended up getting the money if they ever do figure out how to fund, but like uh. They've set up that world, and I, I want to see what happens there. I don't know how Andor fits in that world. It doesn't seem like he kind of... I don't think he's a character that would thrive in the high society, politician, political realm. He's kind of straightforward, sees the world in black and white, has you know had a tough life, and kind of never really gets away from that. Uh, there's still stuff with his sister. He's got a... So he still has stories to tell. Yeah, but it seems like this would be a pretty good place for him to be like, okay, I did my mission. I have to get back to my sister and like go peace away from the Rebel Alliance. But I don't yeah, know how well, they make. I'm with you on that. I think that they could steer away from him a little bit as they now focus the camera back on the Empire itself as it's mm-hmm. dealing with hey, we just had a bunch of money stolen from us. What do we do? Because they're not going right. to take that laying down. There's already that one uh, Imperial officer who's like, I think this is connected to these other robberies that have happened. And like, she's on the scent of the rebellion. Everyone's like, you're crazy. And she's like, but I'm going to show them I was right the whole time. Um, mm. So I think it's going to go back to her. I think she's going to obsess over the case. And we can give uh, Andor just a little bit of a back burner. And then I bet he gets caught by the Empire. That would make sense. Yeah. I think because he's got to get somehow personally involved with the Empire Rebellion struggle. He's got to see it firsthand even more than what he has already. And Drew, I agree with you. He's not going to do well in high society type, right? He's a smuggler. He's going to have to experience it firsthand with the stick of the Empire, not the carrot, right? And so he's Mm -hmm. going to... Uh, experience that then i bet the rebels bust him out and then part of his like penance i bet while he's in that prison he's reading the book of like the rebel cause and like that nimic gave to him because he's totally fine and cool 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 cool. (laughs) yeah i nimic makes it back with the money right and he uses him and nimic run off together they go to that gambling road to they blow all of it at that casino planet where Ryan Johnson yes. invented yeah. it, and sense. then he has to go take another job. That's that's how it happens. So I love that we are getting different types of stories in this universe that are adjacent to these really big epic stories. Um, and I think Andor is a really cool flavor to add into that mixing pot. Andor what? <laughs> no and that's all we have time for today thank you so much for listening to not the podcast you deserve as we talked about the first six episodes of Andor on disney plus tune in in probably a couple more weeks when we do the back half of the show and we talk about episodes 7 through 12 uh this has been not the podcast you deserve thanks for listening <laughs>